The main focus of this parak has been a Soris, a man who is not able to have children. And we have seen that there are two types of Soris. The first is one who was born like that. That's known as a Soris Chamar. And the second is somebody who developed this later on at life. That is known as a Sris Odom. And examples of a Sris Odom are a Petzua Daka and a Kurus Shofcha. Somebody who lost the ability to have children due to an injury. Now the Torah says that it is forbidden for a Petzua Daka and a Kurus Shofcha to have relations with a regular Jew. Mishnah Beis taught that he is allowed to marry a convert, but a regular Jew who is part of the Kahal Hashem, the congregation of Hashem, he is forbidden to marry a regular Jew. Now there is no such prohibition on a Siris Chamar. On somebody who is a Soros from the beginning of his life, he's permitted to marry a regular Jew. There might not be an obligation of Yibum, according to Rabbi Akiva a couple of Mishnahis ago. And as we know, when there's no obligation of Yibum, it's forbidden to perform Yibum, because it's one's brother's wife. However, when it's not a discussion of Yibum, where the entire purpose is to have children, so in other cases, there is no prohibition for a Sris Hamar to marry a regular Jew. So the Mishnah says, Sris Hamar Koyen. And now this Mishnah ties in the other subject of the past couple of Prokim, which is who may eat Truma. So the Mishnah says, Sris Hamar Koyen. A Koyen who is a Sris Hamar, from the beginning of his life, he was not able to have children. Shanosa Bas Yisrael. If he married a Bas Yisrael, Ma'achilobat Truma, he can feed her Truma, and she is allowed to marry to eat Truma, since she is married to a Koyen. And it's a permitted marriage, so she's not considered to be a Zainor or something. It's a totally permitted marriage to a Koyen, and therefore she is allowed to eat Truma. Now the next few parts of the Mishnah discuss an androgynous. An androgynous is somebody who has signs of both a male and a female. And there's a discussion in many different places throughout Shas what exactly an androgynous status is. And we're going to see over here that Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Shimon say, Androgynous koyen, shenoso bas Yisrael. If a koyen who is an androgynous marries a bas Yisrael, truma, he can feed her truma. And then the marriage is totally valid because according to Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Shimon, an androgynous is considered to be a full male. Although he has signs of both a male and a female, his status is that of a male, and as such, this is a full marriage, and his wife may eat truma. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, Tumtum, a tumtum is the opposite of an androgynous. An androgynous has both male and female organs. However, a tumtum lacks the sign of a male and a female. He neither has a male organ nor a female organ. It's covered up by skin. So we're not sure whether he's considered to be a male or a female. He's definitely one of them, we're just not sure which. Now it could be that he'll go through some sort of operation during his life to uncover the skin. And the Mishnah says that Tumtum Shanikra, if his skin of the Tumtum was torn open, the Nympha Zohar and he is found to be a male, he does not do Chalitza Neshu Kasaris, because he is considered to be a Soris in that he is not able to have children. And therefore, at least according to the opinion that one who becomes a Soris later on at life, a Sris Odom, does not do Chalitza, so too this person will not do Chalitza. Alright, now the Mishnah goes back to an androgynous. Since we said that at least according to Rabbi Yosei and Rabbi Shimon, an androgynous is considered to be a male, androgynous noisei, an androgynous can marry a woman, but he cannot be married by a man. And indeed Rabbi Yezer says, 
androgynous Chayovinov's Kilokazachar, an androgynous who does marry and have relations with a man, that man would be liable to the death penalty of stoning, which is the punishment for a man who has relations with another man. So too, since we consider that androgynous to be a definite male, one another man who has relations with him would be killed by Bastin. This Perek summarizes in a very clear way certain marriages which are forbidden and which lead to a result which is as follows. There are certain women who are permitted to be married to their husbands but forbidden to their Yevomim, to the brother of their husband if their husband dies. The Yevom will not be able to perform Yibum. It could be he'll need to do Chalitza but he's not able to do Yibum. The second category is notoriously of Mehen. The women are permitted for their Yevomim. If their husband dies then there will be a Mitzvah of Yibum and he can actually perform the Mitzvah of Yibum not just Chalitza. But they're actually forbidden to be married to their husband. So interestingly, even though it's a forbidden marriage, as long as it's not forbidden to such a high degree that the marriage doesn't even take hold, there is going to be a mitzvah of Yibum to continue the legacy of that man who she was forbidden to marry. Since at the end of the day there was a marriage, there is a mitzvah of Yibum. Category number three is where she's permitted to both the husband and the Yavam. And category number four, where she is forbidden to both her husband and her Yavam. So first in category number one, the following women are permitted to be married to their husbands, but if he dies, then they are forbidden to their Yavam, to the brother of the husband. Firstly, Kohen Hedjich and also Salmona, a regular Kohen who marries a widow, that's permitted, but he has a brother who is a Kohen Godol, so he would perform Chalitza and not Yibum, since a Kohen Godol is forbidden to marry a widow. The truth is that this would apply to any woman who a Kohen Hedjich married, because once he dies, the Shemeris Yovam by definition is going to be a widow, in which case the Kohen Godol will have to do Chalitza and not Yibum. The reason why the Mishnah spoke of a case where he married an Almona who was a widow already from before is to fit him with the later cases as we will see. Next, Cholol. A Cholol is somebody born as a result of a illegal marriage of a Koyen. So if a Koyen marries a divorcee, any child born from that marriage is considered a, a Cholol who is a disqualified Koyen. He loses the status of being a Koyen for most areas at least. So for example, he would be allowed to marry a divorcee. And the halacha is that a woman who marries a Cholol becomes a Cholola herself, which means that she is now forbidden to marry a Koyen. So the Mishnah says that if a Cholol marries a woman who is permitted to marry a Koyen, as soon as he marries her, she's no longer permitted to marry a Koyen. If the Cholol's brother from his father's side is a valid Koyen, he did not come from a divorcee, so he would be forbidden to marry this Cholola, and therefore he would not do Yibum. Next, Yisrael Shnosobas Yisrael, a regular Jew who marries a regular female Jew. Vyeshla Och Mamzer, but he has a brother who is a Mamzer, so he would not be able to do Yibum. Mamzer Shnos Mamzeres, if a Mamzer marries a female Mamzer, that is permitted. Vyeshla Och Yisrael, but he has a brother who is a regular Jew. In all of these cases, Mutois Levaleen, the women are permitted to their husbands, Vasuris Levmeen, but forbidden to, do, to be married and to do Yibum with their Yivomim. There would, however, be an obligation of chalitza. The following women would be permitted to their yivomim, so he could do yibum with her, but they are forbidden to their husbands, 
So if he hasn't yet died, he's obligated to divorce her. But if he did die, then there is an obligation of Yibum. A Kongol who performed Kiddushin on a widow. He has not yet married her fully and had relations with her. He only did Kiddushin, so certainly he's forbidden. He, the husband, is forbidden to marry her and have relations. However, there is an obligation of Yibum. He has a brother who's a regular Koyen, so he can marry a widow, he can perform Yibum. And we'll see later on in this Mishnah that if the Kohen Godel actually married the widow and had relations with her, so she now becomes forbidden to marry a Koyen because she had forbidden relations. So specifically in a case where she has not yet had relations with him, that the brother who is a Koyen can still marry her. Next case, Kosher, a valid Koyen, Shnoso Chalolo, who married a Chalolo, who is a woman who is forbidden to marry a Koyen, either because her parents gave birth to her due to a forbidden relationship for a Koyen, meaning if her father was a Koyen who married a divorcee, and they gave birth to her, so that would be a Chalolo. Another example of a Chalolo is a woman who marries a Cholol, who is a Koyen who has lost his Kohuna status again from being born from the relations of a Kohen and a divorcee. Be as a male, Kohen is forbidden to marry a Chalolo. Be but he has a brother who is a Chalol. So the Yovam can marry her, and he will be able to perform Yibum. Yisrael Shnos Mamzeres. Yisrael who married a, mam- a female Mamzer, which is forbidden. Mamzer, but he has a brother who is a Mamzer, who would be able to marry her. Mamzer Shnos Bas Yisrael. A Mamzer who marries a regular Bas Yisrael. That's forbidden. Yisrael, but he has a brother who is a regular Jew, who would be able to marry her. These women are permitted to their Yevomim, but forbidden to their current husbands. The third category of people who are forbidden both to their husbands and to their Yevom, but there would still be an obligation of Chalitza. If a Kohen Godel marries and has relations with a widow, and he has a brother who is either a Kohen Godel or a, Kohen, or, a, or a regular Kohen, they are forbidden to marry her because she is considered to be a Chalola because she had relations which are forbidden to a Kohen. That's another example of a Chalola. Here she wouldn't necessarily be called a Zona, which is the general term for a woman who has illegal relations. Here, since the reason why it was illegal is only because he was a Kohen or a Kohen Godel, so she is called a Chalola. Alright, next case, Kosher Shnosa Chalolo. A regular valid Kohen who marries a Chalolo Vyesh Och Kosher. He has a brother who is just like him, a valid Kohen. Or Yisrael Shnosa Mamzeres Vyesh Och Yisrael. A regular Jew who marries a female Mamzer. And he has a brother who is like him, a regular Jew. Or Mamzer Shnosa Bas Yisrael Vyesh Och Mamzer. A Mamzer who marries a regular Bas Yisrael. And his brother is also a Mamzer, so it's forbidden for him as well. In all of these cases, she is forbidden to marry both her husband and her Yovam. And all other women are permitted to both their husbands and their Yovamim. Of course, this doesn't mean every other woman, because people like an Erva or other prohibitions which haven't been mentioned here, such as a Ptzur Daka and a Kroos Shofcha, prohibitions would be involved there as well. The mission is saying, however, that most other women are permitted to both their husbands and their Yovamim. Mishnah Gimel. Regarding secondary arayas, which are forbidden with Jabonon. As we mentioned in the second parak of the Nasechta, this is what the Mishnah calls an Isra Mitzvah. Certain relatives which Midraisa one is permitted to marry. But Midrabonon, because they are at the end of the day closely related to you, the Chachomim added onto the list of arayas certain other women, such as one's grandmother, 
It is forbidden Yabonon to marry one's grandmother. And the Mishnah says that, just like we explained in the previous couple of Mishnayas, there are situations where she would be permitted to the husband and not to the Yovom, and the other way around, so the Mishnah says, If she is a secondary Midyabonon erva, towards the husband, but not towards the Yavam, then she's forbidden to be married to the husband, he would be obligated to divorce her, but if he hadn't yet divorced her and he died, then she is permitted to the Yavam and he can perform Yibam with her. If she is a secondary Erevam Idrabonon, towards the Yavam, but not towards the husband, then she is forbidden towards the Yavam, he would have to do Chalitza instead, whereas she is permitted towards the husband. If she is a secondary erva to both the husband and the yovam, for example, let's say it's the grandmother of both of them. So she will be forbidden for both of them. And the rest of the Mishnah now discusses general laws regarding one who marries a Erevomidrabonon. So the marriage takes hold. It's a valid marriage, just forbidden. And because it's a forbidden marriage, the Chachamim punished them in certain ways. She does not receive a kasuba. Kasuba is the document which is written at the time of marriage where the husband obligates himself that if he divorces her or if he dies before she dies, then she will receive a certain amount of money, either 200 zuz or 100 zuz, depending on the woman. She'll receive that amount of, of money upon being separated from him. However, since she violated this prohibition of marrying somebody who is forbidden, she will not receive a kasuba. Furthermore, upon being divorced or widowed from this man, any benefit which, which he took from her maloig property, if you recall, Nifsa Maloig is property which she brings into the marriage and is fundamentally hers. Now, because this marriage is forbidden, he is actually forbidden to benefit from her Maloig property. So it should be the law that if he does go ahead and benefits from her property, he would have to pay her. However, as a punishment, Velopeiros, he does not need to pay for any of the benefits or the fruits which he took from her Niximaloig as a punishment for her marrying somebody who is she is forbidden to marry. Velomazonos, the husband is not obligated to support her and to give her food. Velobelotos, if she is divorced or widowed, he is not obligated or his money, his possessions, she has not got the right to take from there compensation for worn out property. If he benefited a lot from her niximaloig, and throughout the duration of the marriage, the property itself became more worn out. So in general, he would have to compensate her for that. However, in this case, she will not receive any compensation from him, or if he died, from his possessions. Now, having said all that, the Havlad Kosher, a child born from such a marriage, is considered a valid child, and not a mamzer, since Midoraisa, it's a permitted marriage. And the Chachamim were not so strict as to declare him to be a mamzer midrabanon. The Kofinus Lahitsi, and we forced the man to divorce her, of course. And now the Mishnah compares this to a different type of forbidden marriage, and we're going to see a fascinating idea. A marriage of an Amonon Chayn Godol, a widow to a Chayn Godol, Gerushuvah Chalutzel Chayn Hediot, a divorcee or a Chalutza to a regular Chayn, Mamzeres or Nesinol Yisrael, Mamzeres or a woman descended from the Givonim, who is forbidden to marry a regular Jew, Yisrael, if she marries a Jew, Basol, Nosin or Mamzer, if a female Jew marries a Nosin or a Mamzer, all of these marriages are forbidden mid 
the marriage takes hold, they are considered to be husband and wife, but it's a forbidden marriage. But the Mishnah says, Yeshlem Kasuba, the woman does have the rights to a Kasuba and all of the other things which we mentioned. He is obligated to support her, etc., because at the end of the day, they are husband and wife. Now it comes out that a marriage which is forbidden midoraisa, she is punished less than for a marriage which is forbidden midorabonon. And the reason for this is a rule that divrei seifrim tzrichim chizuk, rabbinic laws require strengthening. In general, people are less particular about laws which are only midorabonon. And because of that, in certain situations, more strengthening and punishing is required for one who violates a prohibition midrabbanon, whereas divrei toyah loitzrichim chizuk, things which are forbidden midoraisa, require less strengthening, and therefore, in our situation, she is punished more, violates the prohibition midrabbanon. It should be noted that although the marriage of the Kohen to the Chalutza is only forbidden Midrabonon, the Chachon considered the Chalutza to be exactly like a divorcee Midrabonon. So any law which applies to a divorcee applies Midrabonon to the Chalutza, even though in this case there might have been reason to differentiate.